0: Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank, your leading independent bank with locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Barnett Contracting, Baylor Line Foundation, Coach's Barbecue Smokehouse, Ascension Providence, RX 300 Topical Pain Cream, The Baylor Club, Myatt Fuels, Schmuntz's Sandwich Shop, VersaLive Southwest, Time Manufacturing, and UBO Business Services. And now, here's Matt Mosley. Oh, I'm just glad Glenn Stretch Smith got to hear all those sponsors. The very exciting uh, the Matt Mosley show into the 5 o'clock hour. Stretch, I think you were keeping time and wondering when that 5 o'clock hour might start. But, uh, boy, Campus Confidential, things got rolling there. Stretch, how are you Uh how are things going this afternoon and have you been able to locate like any barbecue or any new deals at arby's or Whataburger or anything like that
1: no i've been i've been spraying ant piles around here today Mosley. it's been we got a little rain up here in parker county on friday and the ants have come out so i'm spraying ant piles boy that's an impressive list of sponsors you've got it sounds like aaron calling out the starting lineup for the Bemidji state scramblers. I mean, it's one, you got, you got all kinds of sponsors on that show. I, I hope, well, I sure hope that Gary Moss and Terry Tacker and them have an appreciation for all this, uh, you know, and bullet Barfield for all the stinking sponsors you bring in there. Yeah. I, I don't
0: know. I, I I don't know if that's the case, but, but uh, you would hope so. And I think deep down, they don't always express it to me, but I think they all feel a great deal of appreciation. Now, Stretch, we all appreciate you and and uh, what you did in, in your time for uh, ESPN Central Texas. And people loved uh, hearing from you. We, boy, you ran off. We didn't hear from you for months because you were at that USFL and uh, and involved in that. And I think it's been interesting, Stretch, that some of those players from the USFL went right into NFL training camps. And, and I think that, honestly, I think it's, um, I think it surprised a few NFL types that it ended up being as good a feeder system as it was. I mean, there's one guy for the Cowboys that is an electric return man, and we're talking about Turpin. Um, if you had to just kind of uh, guess, Stretch, and you, you coach for uh, that Philadelphia team, Philadelphia Stars, how many how many uh, uh of those usfl players are on nfl rosters now
1: i th- i want to say like now, and this is including practice squad guys i want to say somewhere around 15 but you know when we when they first obviously when camp first opened it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 but you know it, it, it's very wow. tough like you made mention it's very tough to make a 53-man roster I know the two again that the two electric return guys and our guy Maurice Alexander he's active in Detroit and then obviously Cavante Turpin and we know uh what he's done with Dallas and you know I think the the interesting thing uh I went to I went and grabbed the you you spoke about barbecue earlier that's my I like a little barbecue, and I went and grabbed some barbecue with Chris Hall, who's in the scouting department with the Cowboys. And you know they have kind of criteria that they want from their receivers. And I mean everybody wants the six-two, two hundred and fifteen pound, you know four-five guy who can go up and get the fifty-fifty balls and and do those kind of things. And and I, I think you know they were they were even somewhat surprised because obviously Turpin is is you know he he is a he is he is a small guy but boy there's just nothing that can replace quickness there's nothing that can re- that can replace vision um there's nothing that can replace honestly just having that short area ability to make a guy miss and then uh you know and then, and and then get north and south and i think that's that's what that young man can do and it's awesome you know, I, I know you've had Jeff Jagosinski on your show, and he had that young man when he was coaching over in Poland for crying out loud. So that that kid deserved an opportunity, and boy, he he has certainly made the most of that opportunity with the Cowboys.
0: Yeah, that Polish football, <clears throat> they they the American football is growing on them over there. And uh, Jeff Jagosinski, boy, what a! What a uh, interesting career he has had, and uh, in fact, he was in Waco watching his buddy Lance Leipold recently as Baylor and Kansas got it on. Leipold is a big a big name now. Stretch, you like watching these coaching, uh, you know these carousels, and you hate seeing anybody get fired, but it is part of the business. Auburn coach. Gets fired, uh, Brian Harson. It, it, has there ever been a time, better time for head coaches to get fired, by the way? These buyouts are unbelievable. <laughs> like within 15 to 30 days, they got to give Harson $7 million of the $15 million buyout. So, I mean, you've been an assistant coach at a college level, uh, and a pro level. And so you do feel bad for the assistants because they're not all making that huge money. But for these head coaches, I mean they get to kinda of go on with their lives and somebody'll hire Harson and he gets this huge money. It stretches that is is Auburn a great job or a horrible job in college football? I mean I think you could Boy, make I'll... you could make arguments either way, but it's an extremely tough job in the sense that the boosters always run that thing really more than anybody from the athletic department.
1: Well, and I think what it's a good job. It used to be a great job, but what makes it a good job is, is Nick Saban is, is is owning the state, and and really, you know that recruiting area, kind of that Atlanta, uh, you know, all of that, kind of that South. It, quite frankly, Saban's owning that, so you got to go in there uh there being Auburn and and you got to kind of well you 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 got to go compete with him when you know you're probably not going to compete with him from a, a recruiting standpoint I think it does make it difficult I think it made it difficult you know for Gene Chiswick. he won the national championship there fired him two years later it made it you know made it dif- difficult for uh you know, for the guy that's in Central Florida now, uh, Malzon. Um, yeah, Gus Malzon, his staff was in there, uh, made it difficult for him. And I mean, he beat Alabama a few times. And then obviously, you know, they go and hire Harson, which was a strange hire. I mean, I just, I didn't understand bringing a guy who was kind of a Pacific Northwest guy into Alabama. It, it really is one of those jobs where you have to, well, you better have some ties down there. When I was, you, you mentioned this earlier, and I think this is an interesting story. I was in when I was uh, coaching in the USFL. We were in Birmingham, and I happened to run into Coach Tuberville. He, he had just gotten back from DC, and you know we were obviously talking a little politics, and we just ran into each other. I was eating at the bar at PF Chang's one night, and I just sat down and talked with him. And we talked about an interesting guy to talk to, but he understands. You know, he understood. Kind of what Auburn was all about, and even going back to thinking about, you know, them getting rid of him, I'm not real sure what uh, what they're looking for at Auburn, and I don't I don't know from a dynamic standpoint. I mean, who would who would you go hire right now? I mean, they they hired the athletic director who was at Mississippi State. I I just don't know. I mean, you know, normally you can kind of move the pieces of the puzzle around and say, okay, well this guy kind of fits there or, or this guy kind of fits there. But, I mean, you know, are you going to go make a play at, at, at Kiffin, at Ole Miss? I mean, to me, he's got a better job at Ole Miss than Auburn right now. And that's – I mean, think about that and and, and the and kind of the shift in the landscape of, yeah. of college football. I mean, I guess they could go make a run at, at Hugh Freeze and then, you know, I don't, I don't know where you go from there and I don't know where Auburn goes from there.
0: What do you it it when you when you're at PF Chang's? Will you go with some of those lettuce wraps, or do you like that uh, honey shrimp? What direction do you are you usually end up going or uh, at uh, at PF Chang's?
1: Mosley, is this a damn sports talk show, or are we talking, is this a food network? We were talking barbecue. I mean,
0: P. I F. didn't Chang's, bring P.F. Chang's up. You did.
1: You know, I Hey, no, let me tell you something. You'll be talking to yourself here in two minutes. You know damn well I get the lettuce wraps every time, and it doesn't matter. Then if you go with the honey sear, chain, spicy chicken, Kung Pao shrimp, you you want me to read the menu off to you? I'm sure Aaron's over there probably scratching his butt trying to figure out how to get the P.F. chains there in Waco.
0: I don't know if that's what Aaron does, but that's an interesting image. Uh, You know who does all his business at P.F. Chang's is Mark Davis, son of Al Davis. I've read over the years where that's where Mark Davis has always conducted his business. He just kind of stays there at the P.F. Chang's, not a drinker. He's not up there drinking at the bar. He just, uh, but he does spend a lot of time at P.F. Chang's. Now, talking to Glenn Stretch Smith, uh, former Cowboys scout and coach. This is the bye week. Cowboys uh uh they don't get it going at uh, the Packers. They did not do anything at the deadline. People wondered if they'd try to get a receiver. Apparently they tried to make a run at Brandon Cooks. It, they couldn't get it done. They couldn't figure out the draft compensation and then I think there was quite a bit of guaranteed money that was involved as well. How how big an issue is that as they as they get ready to come out of the bye and begin the rest of the season? That they don't have other than C.D. Lamb, that total reliable receiving oh, core, or do you think they're okay at wide receiver, especially given the fact their tight ends are looking pretty good?
1: Well, I mean, I wasn't a fan of getting getting rid of Amari Cooper, and I mean, you got rid of Amari Cooper. Wasn't his salary this year at, at twenty million? Now you're gonna go. Now you're gonna go make a trade and bring in Brandon Cooks at eighteen, a guy that doesn't know the system. I mean to me that, that's like that doesn't that, that I can't even I can't even get that to make any sense at all. I, I'm like why didn't you just keep why didn't you just keep Amari Cooper? And I wouldn't I'm not sure what they were thinking when they let Amari Cooper go. Did they think that uh C D Lamb was gonna be that much better or could be a one? I mean I, I think there's some uh, you know, there's a lot of different thoughts and a lot of different people that questioned that initially when they made that move. So uh, I mean, I do. I think the Cowboys will be okay where they're at. I mean, I I, I really like Noah Brown. I I like Gallup. I, I I don't know, you know, if I had to put my finger on where he is, I'm talking about is he is he at full speed? I, I don't believe we've still seen the Michael Gallup that we saw a year and a half ago before before he had that injury. Uh, can he pick up some of the slack and then? obviously I I think when you lost, you know, you lost Wilson to Miami. I think that was a, that was a big piece and and losing Amari. I I did think that they would at least go out and make a play for somebody, maybe even like a Jerry Judy or, uh, you know, or Brandon cooks. And, and and I didn't like the the, the money that they were paying cooks. So uh, that, that was why you got rid of uh, Cooper was to kind of loosen up that money. But, you know, as you look at the nine games that the Cowboys are, are, are going to have to go in and play here, uh, I, I do think they. I, I think they're okay at receiver, just okay. Um, I think they're really good at running back. I think I, I like what uh, Kellen Moore has done with the, you know, with with putting Pollard in there. Pollard's a zone runner. Zeke's a downhill ISO runner. Um, and I, you know, I, I think what's going to carry the Cowboys is defense. I, I really do. I think the fact they can sack the quarterback and the fact that they cut Tristan Hill today. I mean, think about that. I mean, he's a second-round pick. And, and and I thought somebody who was being – you know, he's doing a pretty nice job before he got dinged a few weeks ago. They just don't have you – know, they got too many numbers at that position. And, and when you think about that, that that's what – I think that's what's going to be the key to the Cowboys is they're going to have to continue – to say we're going to have to get after the quarterback and then we're going to have to take our chances uh, you know, and continue to run the football and hope Kellen Moore can kind of use that one-two punch of Ezekiel Elliott and and, and Tony Pollard to run the football. You made mention of the tight ends and Ferguson and Hendershot and uh, obviously Schultz. And I think a combination of all of those guys. So I've given you a long answer, but I don't believe that... Uh, I, I just think the Cowboys are going to have to win... The way they've won, which is defensively, and you know, can they do that against the Eagles? And I think the other the the, the threat to them winning the NFC right now is the Forty ers because the Forty ers did add McCaffrey, and you know how, how they can run the football, and obviously yeah. that's a little bit of the Cowboys Achilles' heel.
0: Well, Stretch, it was good to visit with you. Uh, I remember Randy Shannon, when he was the UCF defensive coordinator, we had him on the Doomsday podcast, and he had coached Tristan Hill. And it was it's always a concern if you're drafting a guy, especially that early, that he didn't start in college. For whatever reason, he could not crack the starting lineup at UCF. But Randy Shannon compared him to Warren Sapp in the sense that from an athleticism And and some of the things he thought he was capable of doing, but uh, obviously it didn't work out. And I think he was a a Rod Marinelli kind of draft pick. I think that was maybe one of the last Rod Marinelli-type drafts that he kind of fell in love with that guy. All right, Stretch, um, uh, I'll talk to you soon, and uh, we'll meet up maybe at P.F. Chang's. Always love those ornamental lions outside that restaurant. Just sort of, I don't know, it adds a touch of class. Uh, so maybe we'll maybe we'll do that soon.
1: Oh, Mosley, Whew, Tuesday afternoon, you, you, you are having you some real downtime here. Come on, buddy. Pick it up for the last three quarters of this show. Let's go.
0: <laughs> there he goes. Glenn Stretch Smith joining us on the Matt Mosley show. Used to be part of the ESPN Central Texas family, former Cowboys scout and coach does a really nice job coached in the usfl most recently coached tight ends for the philadelphia stars and uh has been asked back i don't know if he's going to do it or not i think he probably will but the usfl has asked for his services again and uh and he's done a great job there so good to have him on good to catch up uh we continue on and